Hello, and welcome to the Count Red Podcast. My name is Lou, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm very excited to welcome you to this week's episode. Today's segments will be FOs, whips, retrospective, and something extra. Alrighty, let's jump right into FOs. I have my last two Christmas presents, as well as another hat, done on time. I am recording this on Saturday the 23rd, so I have everything finished and wrapped and right where it needs to be, so I'm very happy. So my first two projects are made from the same pattern, the Simple Ribbed Hat by Jocelyn Frazier, and this is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a very basic top-down ribbed beanie which was exactly what I wanted so that I could maximize the yarn that I was using and not have to guess when to start crown decreases or anything. So the first one is the beanie I made for my dad as his Christmas present. This was made using Cascade cotton socks in black that was left over from the sweater I made for my mom for her birthday. And I didn't end up using every tiny little scrap because I got to a good length. I had my brother try it on since they have relatively similar heads, I think. So I just ended up using kind of the main leftover half, about half a skein that I had, and then a little bit of one of those scraps to finish the bind off. I searched high and low trying to find a tubular bind off that would work for three by two ribbing, and I couldn't find one. And I found other people asking what's a good bind off for three by two ribbing, and you know, people suggested the a sewn bind off a la Elizabeth Zimmerman or Jenny's surprisingly stretchy bind off or things like that, which I don't really like the look of. And I think they're, I think they're kind of a pain to do and I don't like the look. So it's, it's just, it's not really worth it. So I ended up just binding off pretty loosely in pattern and it looks very nice. And to be frank, my dad would not have noticed a tubular bind off or why it was nice or you know why, like, what makes it special. So I think that that's totally fine. And then secondly, I did just churn out another one of these simple ribbed hats using pretty much every last scrap I had of my Patton's Croy stretch sock in Spearmint, which I've said that very confidently the past couple times that I've mentioned it, that this the colorway is spearmint. I have genuinely no idea what it was. I bought this yarn over a decade ago. It's been discontinued for a long time. I have no idea what the colorway actually is called, but for some reason I have spearmint in my brain and I'm just committing to it. So I ended up casting this on because I finished my dad's hat the day before I had an event to go to for work. I was like a dinner and I didn't want to go to that without any knitting. And so the only the only real whip that I had at that point was my cross stitch, which I was not going to bring to this event. So I really hastily cast on this beanie. And I ended up holding the yarn double because I truly just wanted to get it done and get it out of my life. So I basically followed the same pattern. I didn't do as many increases as were called for, but pretty much, you know, the spirit of the thing was there. And then I was able to just barely get it onto the circular needle before I needed to go to this, to this dinner. So I was able to have it in my lap 
while things were going on, which is important for me because I, I can't be at a place without something to do with my hands. And then it really did not take very long to finish it after that, uh, especially in comparison to the last several halves that I've knit in fingering weight yarn. Since I was holding the yarn double, it really felt like it zoomed. And I think I used size six needles, which yeah, it, it felt huge. So <laughs> I did the same thing. I just cast off in pattern. And like I said, I used just about every tiny bit and bob that I had of this. And I was not super interested in weaving in all of those ends. So I made sure to just basically knit a bunch of stitches with the yarns held overlapping as I was changing from kind of chunk to chunk. I, they were so short I wouldn't even call them little balls. So I just essentially I was ahead of time doing like a duplicate stitch weaving in my ends. I just held all of the held all of the ends through a bunch of stitches so that everything would be secure. And I put it through the wash to make sure that everything held together and it did. So I got everything trimmed and the you know ends at the beginning and end of the hat woven in nicely and it's all done and I'm happy with that. What I'm even more happy about is finishing the cross stitch that I make that I made for my parents to celebrate the new house that they're going to be moving into next year. So I mentioned in the last episode that I was kind of regretting how I set up the project to begin with. It was kind of too big. I didn't really like the scale of it. Um, but I kept going on it for quite a while after I recorded that episode. And I just was like, keep going. You know, the, the further I get in, the better it'll look. Don't listen to that. If you don't listen to that voice, if you hear that, that's the devil talking and it's just not worth it. So I did, in fact, end up starting completely from scratch on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, six days ago, if you will. My brother had gotten a, like a nice new picture um, that had more kind of more detail that I could see and was a better angle. And I said, I just I just I got to scrap it. I need to start over. So I redid the entire process of like drawing the lines over the photograph and then transferring that into the cross stitch grid and then I completely started the whole thing over on a much smaller scale which really just was the best thing to do. The way that I started it originally it would have had to been really detailed and really precise to kind of not, not exactly justify but like make it make sense that it was at that scale. So shrunk down a little bit it looks more appropriate to have it kind of cartoon simplified and so it yeah it just overall it looks so much better than the original would have and I was I was like so amped to get this done this morning that I fully wrapped it and put it under the tree without taking a proper photo of it so I have a picture from last night basically that I took basically the moment I finished stitching it and I sent it to my siblings and I was like please compliment me I'm so tired and then I just and then I did a bunch of stuff and so it looks nicer so the picture that's in the show notes is not fully representative of the finished object unfortunately so just imagine this photo in better lighting even that would have been that would have that would have made such a difference but this photo better lighting. Um, the faint purple lines that you see are gone. That was just the disappearing ink that fully disappeared after I uh, washed and pressed the piece. 
and then you know everything kind of tucked into the back and neatly finished off and not just a bunch, a bunch of the loose fabric surrounding the edge of the hoop so just imagine that it looks great for the alphabet for the lettering above the house it says home sweet home and below it it says established 2024 and for those letters i used the same booklet that i used for my grandma's project that I talked about in the last episode. So that's the Leisure Arts Alphabet book. I'm really excited for them to open it and I hope they love it. So the most exciting part about finishing this project is not just, you know, getting my parents' Christmas present done and being able to give it to them on time and finished. The most exciting thing is getting to start other projects. I am so happy. I've been craving this for a couple of weeks now where it's like I just need to be committed and focused on what I need to get done but I was kind of dying of boredom on the inside so I've cast on a brand new project last night while my <laughs> cross stitch was drying and that is the birdie cowl by Tracy Cox so I spoke about this pattern I think I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but I definitely did all the way back in episode one when I was talking about kind of my big long-term plans to use up some of the yarn that I have. And I've finally gotten it cast on six months later. So this is a two-color brioche cowl that I'm knitting on the one hand because I want I want the cowl, and on the other hand, I want to learn how to knit brioche. It's one of those techniques that kind of has gotten a reputation in my brain of like oh that's hard that's an advanced technique which completely goes against my whole ethos around knitting and fiber arts in general which is like if you have good enough instructions you can truly do anything and there is nothing that is too hard you know with knitting especially it's everything is either a knit or a purl and sometimes you do it a little differently sometimes there's a yarn over sometimes you're going in the back loop sometimes you knit them out of order whatever the case may be but like everything comes down to that knit and purl and i can do that i've <laughs> i've been knitting and purling for almost 20 years i can do that so i am taking brioche off of the pedestal it's on in my head and i'm making this cowl and it's going really well so far. I'm not super far into it, of course, because I just started it last night, but I'm really happy with how it's turning out and I can see the brioche pattern starting to emerge and I think it looks fantastic and I'm super happy. So in terms of yarn, I'm using two skeins I got from Feederbrook Farms at Maryland Sheep and Wool in 2022. And they were selling these, they were kind of advertising the pattern squishy fish which is a fisherman's rib cowl that's kind of mimicking what two color brioche would look like and I did start that last summer and worked on it a bit and I didn't really like how it was turning out so I ended up frogging it but now I'm you know back at it with the birdie and hopefully I'll like this result better so the I picked yarns that I thought looked like pigeon colors so I'm calling this my pigeon cowl and I think I've mentioned before, pigeons are my absolute favorite animal, and I think that they're perfect and wonderful. So I'm very excited to have a little something to wear and keep warm and also think about those special guys. And I did, I've actually, I guess I've learned two new techniques doing this project already because there's an optional I-cord cast on, which I did do and I've never done before. And 
it was a little bit it was a little annoying and it felt kind of fiddly and then as soon as it was all done I was like oh she's perfect she's beautiful I love I love this beautiful finished edge it's gonna match the I-cord bind off perfectly I was it was absolutely worth it and truly did not take me that long in the grand scheme of things so I'm really happy with how this is turning out so far and I feel like I've got kind of a good rhythm going with the brioche stitch and that'll be something that I can have on my lap while I'm spending time with the family this weekend. And I'm not officially counting these as whips because I haven't really picked them back up again, but as I mentioned in the last episode, I will be returning to my beloved terrazzo afghan that has been so neglected this fall and working on that. And so I'll hopefully be able to make some good progress on that. And then those couple other UFOs that have just kind of been lying around that I'm hopefully going to be able to get some good progress on as well. Okay, so we are at the end of the year. We are just a week out from the end of 2023, and I don't really do resolutions I for you know trying to cover the whole year because it just hasn't really made sense for me in the past. And of course, you know, January is a horrible time of year in the northern hemisphere to try to be making making positive change in your life. We're not, we're all just trying to survive. We have, you know, not nearly enough daylight and it's just not a good time for it. But I still, I don't know, I still have kind of that attachment to the notion of the year ending is a big deal. So I wanted to do a little retrospective on what I've made this year. And this is partially because I've been feeling kind of down on myself. Like I haven't really made very much or not as much as I normally would. So I think that this might be true to a certain extent, just because it's been a really hectic year in terms of, you know, changing jobs and trying to get my grad school applications done and all those sorts of things. So I definitely don't want to be too hard on myself, but I also thought it would be helpful to kind of really make a list and, and have everything kind of assembled in one place to be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, we, we, we got some stuff done. So I am going to go through, I think relatively quickly, because some of the stuff I've already talked about on the podcast, of course, a wrap up of what I've made this year. And then in the show notes, I'll put little photo collage of some of my favorites so you can take a look. Okay, so in 2023, I made two quilts, one completely finished and one quilt top. So that's my English paper piecing quilt that I talked about in episode one and the Halloween quilt that I made this fall. I crocheted one afghan. Uh, this was way back at the beginning of the year. I was just using up some acrylic yarn, made a moss stitch afghan in kind of shades of tan and brown and mint and teal. I've also knit roughly 20 hats this year, some of which you've seen in recent episodes and some that I again did in the first half of the year. And in terms of patterns, I did a few that were just kind of improvised, but I definitely have to give some love to Musselboro, the pattern by Isolde Teague, which showed up quite a few times for me this year. I've also made six cross-stitch projects, two of which were for my Etsy shop. One of those sold, which was very exciting. I made two in the summer for my sister-in-law's birthday and my and for Mother's Day. And then two more recently that I've, I've just talked about, the one for my grandma and the one for my parents. I knit one top, which was using the moonset pattern and some maroon Euroflax uh, linen. I knit two sweaters, 
which I've both of which I talked about on the podcast. So my kismet and the sweater I made for my mom. I made four decorative trees and two pairs of pajama pants. And yeah, add it all up. That I think does feel like a lot more. And add it all up. I'm yeah, I'm very proud of what I got done this year. And also hopeful that I'll feel like I have more time to spend on my hobbies in the in the coming months. So finally, we'll do something extra since we're also at the end of December, not just the year. I have only three books that I read in December. So this is another thing I'm hoping to be able to spend more time on moving forward, especially because of the amount of cross-stitching that I've been doing recently. It's just so not compatible with reading, but I do have a lot of things that I'm looking forward to reading. So hopefully that will, that will be able to happen in 2024. So in December, I read Network Effect by Martha Wells, which is Murderbot number five. And I believe I mentioned in the last episode, or maybe just the last time I talked about books, this one is quite a bit longer than most of the rest of the series and quite a bit more buck wild. I had a really great time reading it and I'm maybe uh, two thirds of the way done with Fugitive Telemetry, which is the sixth book. And then after that, I will be able to read System Collapse, which just, which just came out last month. And then I will be all caught up on this series. So I'm really excited about that. That probably won't happen for a couple of months though, just based on the, the estimate in my library's app, because a lot of people really want to read System Collapse. But in any case, I had a great time with Network Effect. I'm enjoying Fugitive Telemetry, and I can't wait for System Collapse whenever that does become available. And then I also read An Indigenous People's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. And this is the type of book that you read and you're like, oh, everybody should read this, um, especially, you know, people in the United States. But I think it probably would hold some interest for folks around the world just because uh, the author does a really incredible job of contextualizing everything that has happened in the United States history as, you know, going from before it was a country to into the present day and kind of connecting, you know, ideologies and military practices and political policies and also, you know, all different facets of the country's history and like connecting that into the present day and in a way that I think offers a really important context for current events and, you know, both within the United States and with the United States outsized influence on foreign policy. So I, yeah, I would highly recommend this to I think anybody, but especially people who live in the U.S. And then on a very different note, I also read The Mysterious Affair at Styles by Agatha Christie. So this was her first novel. I decided I wanted to just start at the beginning and see if I enjoyed them because I thought I would. And I definitely did. I had a little bit of trouble getting into it at the beginning, but once the mystery actually started, I was completely hooked. And it was really interesting to see because I, the edition that I read had a little foreword kind of offering some context of how and when she wrote this book and the circumstances of the publishing and all that. And it's interesting to see, like, it kind of follows the Sherlock Holmes mode of having the companion writing a narrative 
of being around while the detective solved the case and sort of helping in this case Hastings was kind of useless and had no clue what was going on at any given point which was kind of fun and you know Poirot just being absolutely smug and saying like oh I'll let you know later you didn't figure it out that's weird okay I mean I'll you, you can find out with the rest of the with the rest of the household when I do my big reveal I guess so that was kind of fun and I I'm going to be honest, I went into it thinking like, I bet I can, I bet I can figure this out. I'm going to go into it. I'm going to, you know, read and pay attention to all the details and see what I can do. Oh, I was so wrong. Oh, I was so wrong. I got like two details right that were, you know, tiny portions of the big reveal, but the actual like structure, I, <laughs> I was so wrong. So that was also very fun. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of her books kind of in between some more contemporary releases. Okay, so I'm going to leave the episode there so that I can get it edited and scheduled and go fully into holiday and family mode. I hope you enjoyed the episode and thank you very much for listening. And if you've, you know, been here since the beginning for listening to all 10 episodes. It's very exciting double digit. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year and I will look forward to talking to you very soon. Have a good one.